Welcome to the first ever episode of the Collard Tech Directory podcast. This is really exciting. Um, trying out something new, more of a podcast format as opposed to the format of videos past. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into it. Today we're talking about the California streaming event, which was quite different from what I and probably many other people were expecting. There were a lot of curveballs thrown our way, and I thought it was pretty interesting. So we're going to dive into all of that. Starting with the iPad 9. So this is basically just the same exact thing that we've had for the past four or five years. Uh, It still has the same 10.2-inch display, home button, fairly large bezels around the display. So there's really not much new with this ninth generation version. Uh, There are a couple things they did add though, starting with the A13 Bionic chip. Uh, They also gave it a 12 megapixel front camera and it's also an ultra wide camera, which is pretty interesting. Uh, So now the megapixel count on the front camera of the iPad 9 is bigger than that of the rear. We also have center stage on this iPad now, uh, which is thanks to the new ultra-wide camera that it did add, which center stage basically allows the camera to move around based on where you are in the frame. So if you kind of step out of frame a little bit, the camera will move and adjust to where you are. And then they got rid of the gold color option. I think getting rid of it is fine. I don't really care. If people like the gold color option, then I guess, oh well. One thing that is good now is that all of the iPad 9s have black bezels. Besides the iPad mini, which we're also gonna talk about later, uh, the iPad 9 was the only iPad that Apple sold that still had white bezels on some of the models. You could only get black bezels when you went with space gray. But now you can get black bezels on any of the models. They all come with black bezels. So they also upped the base storage to 64 gigabytes, which is also quite interesting. I wasn't really expecting Apple to do this, but they did. And that's really great. Uh, Because I personally think that 32 isn't really enough space. I had a model of the budget iPad and that had 32 gigabytes of storage. I got the base model, which back then was 32. And I ran into storage problems constantly with that model. Maybe it was just the type of work that I do, but I feel like a lot of people could fill that up fairly quickly, especially because a lot of the storage space is taken up by the operating system. So I think upping it to 64 gigabytes was a really good move. Uh, I personally find that 64 is enough for something like an iPhone or an iPad. Uh, I don't really need more than that, but 32 was a little bit low. So I'm glad they upped it to 64. I lost my train of thought. I don't know what I was talking about. Oh yeah, so the iPad previously had 32 and 128. And so I thought 32 was a little bit too low, but 128 was kind of too high. And it cost a lot more to jump from 32 to 128, obviously, because it's four times the amount of storage. But there was no, like, middle ground. So now I think 64 obviously offers that middle ground, and it's the base, so you don't have to pay extra for that. And they also kept the price the same, which is really, really great. The $329 price point is really what makes this iPad 
a compelling value. Sure, it has a dated design, but at only free 29, it's like really good. And Amazon already has sales on the budget iPad where you can get it for something like under $300, which is really cool. You can pre-order it now if you want to get it and it starts shipping on September 24th. Uh, so Apple Watch Series 7 is next on my list, which if you watched my video where I talked about what to expect in this event, you'll know that we were expecting the Apple Watch Series 7 to have a squared off design. That did not happen. We did not get a squared off design on this Apple Watch, which I have to be honest, was kind of disappointing. I was really looking forward to the squared off design that would match the new iPhones and the iPad and all these other devices that have a squared off design already, but that did not come. In fact, Apple kind of went the opposite direction. The display is even more curved around the edges as it's also a larger display, which is pretty good. Um, but I don't necessarily think that alone is worth upgrading for. Uh, there are a couple other things that it adds. Because of the larger display, the case options are now 41 millimeters and 45 millimeters as opposed to 40 and 44. Uh, it has a tougher build, so it's more durable. Uh, it comes in new green, blue, and red finishes, which I think look really cool. The green color kind of reminds me of the midnight green color from the iPhone 11 Pro. And then the blue is a little bit lighter than the blue from last year. And the red is pretty much the same. Uh, it also starts at the same price of $3.99. They are still selling the Apple Watch Series 3. And the Apple Watch Series 3 literally came out four years ago and they're still selling it, which makes no sense to me at all. It's literally the oldest Apple Watch that they're currently supporting with the latest version, and that's probably gonna get dropped fairly soon. I even complained about this last year, and so the fact that they're still keeping it around now, I'm, uh, that's, I don't wanna say annoying, but it doesn't really make any sense. Sure, they wanna say, ooh, the Apple Watch starts at 199, you can get one for as cheap as that, but with that 199 price with the series free, you're really not getting that much more value than paying more for a different Apple Watch. The series free has the dated design, a processor from four years ago since it came out four years ago. It's just overall really dated. And here's an interesting thing about the Apple Watch series free. In order to give it software updates, you have to back it up to iCloud because there isn't enough space on the watch to download the update and keep your stuff on it. So you have to back up your stuff to iCloud, then take your stuff off the watch, then update it, then put your stuff back on. At that point, the Series Free is not worth it at all. And the fact that they're still selling it is just so mind boggling to me. I think it's much more worth it to pay the extra $80 it takes to go to the Apple Watch SE, which will give you a one-year-old watch instead of a four-year-old watch. So it's four times less old. The Series 3 is four times older than the SE. So you're getting a much newer watch when you go with the SE. Uh, it has the newer design. <sighs> okay, I'm done my rant. Let's go back to the Apple Watch Series 7. They're saying it ships later this year. They didn't give a time frame as when to expect it or anything like that. They just said, shipping later this year at some point. This is really interesting because Apple's never done this with the Apple Watch and the products they have done this with, it's mostly been like the Mac. Maybe Apple doesn't even know when 
they're going to ship the Apple Watch Series 7. Uh, reports were claiming earlier in the month before the event that the Apple Watch Series 7 was facing production issues. So this could be related to that. All right, moving on to the iPhone 13. Uh, this is also a fairly minor update, just like the Apple Watch Series 7 and the iPad 9. Uh, but there are a lot of features in it that I think are pretty cool. One I don't think is cool, or I just don't care about, is they rearranged the camera layout on the regular iPhone 13 models. I don't know why they did that. I don't really understand. The only thing I could see as to why they did it is that the way they arranged the cameras allows them to take up a little bit less space on the phone itself because instead of having the lenses go up and down, the lenses go diagonally. This does slightly decrease the size of the camera array on these models, which I guess could allow them to have more space for other stuff in the phone, like a larger battery, which they did include. I'll talk about that later. But uh, other than that, I don't really see the point in them having to switch around the cameras. Uh, they literally said on stage, which I thought was really funny. Uh, they didn't say it in these exact words, but it was basically the gist of it was, we wanted to make the iPhone 13 look fresh and new and different uh, by rearranging the cameras. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. These cameras are also improved. They introduced a new cinematic mode, which I think is really interesting. It's limited to 1080p at 30, so you can't record in like really high resolutions with it just yet. Maybe that'll come in future iPhones, but... Uh, I think the feature itself is really cool. Um, what cinematic mode allows you to do is when you record, it'll automatically detect what in the frame needs to be most focused on. So like if someone's talking and they're obviously like the focal point, it'll focus on them. But let's say they look behind them to look at something else, then that thing behind them will instead be focused on. So it like changes where it's focusing depending on what's happening in the shot, which I think is also pretty interesting. And even in editing, you can change what is being focused on. So let's say when you record it, if I'm looking behind me and it focused on that, but I still wanted it to be focused on me for whatever reason, I could go into the editing mode in photos and you can like change like at each individual part, what should be focused on when which I think is also pretty interesting as well. They also introduced a new pink color option, which looks okay. It's fine, not anything revolutionary. Uh, but the thing that bugs me about it is that in order to bring this new pink color option, they got rid of green. I, I think green is like a standard color. If you're gonna bring color options to a phone, Green should be there. The iPhone 12, I thought, had perfect color options. They had black, white, and then red, blue, and green, which I thought were like the three main colorful options that people would enjoy. Like if you ask someone what their favorite color is, I feel like most people either say red, blue, or green. I feel like those are the most popular options. Uh, not as many people like purple or orange or yellow at least in my experience, maybe I'm wrong, but it kind of bugged me that they got rid of the green in order to bring pink, which really makes no sense to me because I feel like not as many people would choose pink over something like red, blue, or green. I lost my train of thought again. What was I talking about? Um, I don't know. I have no idea what I was talking about. Um, 
you know what? We're just going to move on because I forgot what I was talking about. So moving on to, uh, they now up to the storage, base storage to 128 gigabytes, which fine. Uh, like I talked about earlier, I thought 64 gigabytes was enough for someone like me. But if you need more storage, then I guess 128 gigabytes is now the base. They also brought the new A15 chip, which this was also kind of interesting. During the event, they did not talk about the performance. Well, they did talk about the performance of the chip, but they didn't compare it to like the previous model, like the A14. Usually, like last year with the A14, they said, ooh, it's this much faster than the A13. But this time they said it's this much faster than the competition. But the fact that they didn't talk about how much faster it is compared to the A14 makes me think it's not that much better, which I think is fine, to be honest. I don't really think they need to bring more performance because the A14 was already like really powerful. All right, moving on to the battery life. Now, on the iPhone 12 models, a lot of people complained about the battery life especially the iPhone 12 mini. Since the iPhone 12 mini is smaller, the battery was also smaller, and then therefore the battery life was worse. But with the iPhone 13, they've increased to the size of the batteries. Now the iPhone 13 mini has one and a half hours longer than the iPhone 12 mini, and the iPhone 13 has two and a half hours longer than the iPhone 12, which is really good. Uh, this is obviously according to Apple's own metrics, which I think they do it based on streaming video or something like video playback. I know on their compare pages, when they list the battery life, they say hours of video playback. So I don't know if their one and a half or two and a half additional hour metric is also based on video playback or not, but either way, Welcome improvement. Uh, they also brought a smaller notch to the iPhone 13 models, which is something I don't really think it needed. Like, I don't really care about them shrinking the notch. If they want to get rid of it, then that's an entirely different story. Like, the display would be much more expansive that way. But just shrinking the notch doesn't really add anything to the experience. So I personally don't think it'd be worth upgrading for that feature. The iPhone 13 models also have the same price, which is good. I'm glad they didn't increase it. There were rumors that Apple would have to increase the price due to chip production issues and things like that, that increase prices of chip production, which would then lead to increased prices for the consumer. But thankfully, the price did not increase this year, which is good because it did increase with the 12 last year. Uh, so I'm glad that they didn't increase it this time around. It's also available to pre-order now and it will ship September 24th. Moving on to iPhone 13 Pro, this basically has the same improvements as the iPhone 13, the regular iPhone 13s. Uh, it still has the smaller notch and improved cameras with cinematic mode. It also has the A15 chip and the improved battery life. But there are a couple other improvements to the Pro models that the regular models did not get. The Pro models don't have a rearranged camera layout. Instead, the camera sensors themselves are bigger. I think with the 13 Pro Max, it's not as bad because obviously that phone is bigger. So a camera module of the same size on the iPhone 13 Pro would look bigger than on the iPhone 13 Pro Max. But on the iPhone 13 Pro, that camera module looks really big. And I think it's really distracting. It takes up like more than half of the horizontal area of the phone. 
The bigger camera module does allow for more camera improvements, such as ProRes, uh, which is something that people have wanted for a while. They've wanted to be able to record in ProRes, uh, which is good. Now the iPhone 13 Pro has that feature, uh, but it does take up a lot of space. So in order to be able to record ProRes in 4K, you have to get higher than 128 gigabytes of storage. So the base 128 gigabyte model can shoot 1080p ProRes, but it cannot shoot 4K ProRes. The iPhone 13 Pro also has a 120 hertz ProMotion display, which is something people have wanted for a while. I've never used an 120 hertz display. Basically 120 hertz allows the display to refresh at a higher frame rate, so it's smoother when you scroll and stuff which some people don't notice. They also added a new Sierra Blue color option. It's basically just a lighter version of Pacific Blue. They also added one terabyte of storage, probably for the ProRes. Again, it also has the same A15 chip, improved battery, smaller notch, and all of those things. Uh, it also has the same price of $9.99 for the 13 Pro and $10.99 for the 13 Pro Max. Uh, you can also pre-order it now, and again, it will ship September 24th. Uh, I also wanted to talk about the iPhone lineup because the iPhone lineup itself is kind of interesting this time around. So last year with the iPhone 12, when that came out, this is what the lineup was. It was the SE at 399, 10R at 499, 11 at 599, and then you had iPhone 12 models at 699, 799 for the regular 12, and then the iPhone 12 Pro models, we had 999 for the regular Pro, $10.99 for the 12 Pro Max. But this year, uh, they got rid of the iPhone 12 Pro, which is something we were expecting. They also got rid of the iPhone XR, something that makes sense. Like it's three years old at this point, so it makes sense to get rid of it from the lineup. They moved the 11 to the $4.99 spot. So now that's $100 cheaper. They kept the SE at $3.99, which I was hoping they would reduce the price by maybe like even $50 to $3.49, but they did not do that. Uh, so SE399, now the 11 takes the 499 spot. But what's really interesting is that they kept around the iPhone 12 at 599, which is something I wasn't really expecting them to do. I always thought that if the iPhone 12 stayed in the lineup along with the iPhone 13, that people would just go with the iPhone 12 because they don't need all of those features and they could save some money. But a lot of people were mentioning that by the time you spec out the iPhone 12 and make it in line with the iPhone 13, you would have to up the storage on the iPhone 12 to 128 to match in line with the iPhone 13. And at that point, when you spec them out exactly the same, the iPhone 12 is only $50 less than the iPhone 13. So a lot of people were bringing up that because of that, people would just go with the iPhone 13 because it's only $50 more. I think the star of the event was the iPad mini 6. Uh, the iPad mini has looked the same since 2012, when it was first unveiled. But now they have given the iPad mini an all screen design, no home button, touch ID in the power button. They gave it USB-C and Apple Pencil 2 support and it's perfect and I love it. And there are some things I don't like. I was expecting the iPad mini to get the same colors as the iPad Air because the iPad mini is basically just the iPad Air's younger brother. But instead they gave it space gray, which is a color from the iPad Air. That's the only one they gave it that's the same. The other colors are starlight. It's kind of more of a yellowish tone to white or silver. And then the only two other color options besides those are pink and purple. <laughs> so you have yellow, pink, 
and purple. That doesn't really make any sense. I guess because they wanted to introduce new color options to make it look different, right? Uh, that's what they always like to do. But I thought the color choices were kind of weird. Uh, but there are a lot of things that are also interesting with this iPad mini. They gave it a lot of features that the iPad Air doesn't even have. They gave it the A15 chip. They also gave it 5G, something the iPad Air does not support. They gave it center stage, something the iPad Air does not support. And they gave it a rear flash, something the iPad Air doesn't have either. I think the iPad Air is due for an update to get some of those features back. Cause now the iPad Air is kind of weird in the lineup. Doesn't have a rear flash like the mini does. Doesn't have center stage like the mini does. Doesn't have 5G like the mini does. Doesn't have the A15 like the mini does. The mini has fixed its relationship with the budget iPad. That's a weird sentence, but the, it did. So the iPad mini five, the previous iPad mini was released in early 2019. So it's been two and a half years at this point since the last iPad mini update. And over the last two and a half years before the mini six, the budget iPad had been updated twice and it started to gain some of the features that the mini had over the budget iPad. Now the budget iPad was cheaper than the mini, but the budget iPad was objectively better because it had a larger display and it had all the same other features as the iPad mini. And then it felt like, why does the mini cost free 99 when the budget iPad is free 29 and has a larger display and is objectively better. Uh, so now that the iPad mini has all these features that the budget iPad doesn't have, it's kind of gained back its value over the budget iPad. But now the iPad Air is losing its value over the mini. So the iPad mini starts at 499, which is $100 more than the last model, but with all these new features, I think that price is kind of worth it, especially if you want a smaller tablet. I think the iPad mini six is great. You can pre-order it now. And again, it will ship next Friday, September 24th. There was one other announcement that wasn't hardware that was pretty exciting, which is that iOS 15, iPadOS 15, and watchOS 8 will be released on September 20th. So by the time you're watching this, iOS 15 is out. So yay, good for you. You live in a future that has iOS 15, uh, but I don't. I don't have iOS 15, and that makes me sad because I live in the present. To you, it's the past. And here in the past, we don't have iOS 15 yet. But it's coming out Monday, so for you, it's out already. So that's fun. Enjoy iOS 15. Hey, buddy. Hey, come here. Come here. Hi. Hi. This is Doggy. He's come to join us for the outro of the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. He's literally rolling around on the floor now. Uh, so I think it's time to end this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed it, I'm glad. Uh, I certainly enjoyed filming this. It was a lot of fun. And I'm going to let the dog out now. So bye. <laughs>